teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to turn to Isaiah 53 today. There's some things that have been in my heart to minister on. Isaiah 53, actually, uh, yeah, verse 4 there. Surely he has borne our griefs, and that word griefs means what? Sickness. And he has carried our sorrows, and that word in, in, in the, uh, actually not the Greek, but the, uh, thank you, Hebrew. That word sorrows means what? Pains. So griefs means sickness and sorrows means pains. So surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, or as some translations say, uh, for our oppression of mind was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Real quickly, I want to go to Matthew eight sixteen and 17. I'm just going to be reading this while you're turning there. Matthew eight sixteen and 17. When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities, our weaknesses, our feebleness, sickness of body and soul, and bore our sicknesses. Amen. Amen. And then we see in 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our <coughs> sins in his, on his body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. <coughs> and that healing isn't just a spiritual healing. Amen. It makes it obvious that he actually took the stripes on his body and he took your oppression of mind. He took all sickness and disease, any pain that you're dealing with, he took it. He redeemed it. Anything, any new part you need, he's made you whole. In other words, he had in mind what he wanted your body to be like. And if you didn't come out that way, you have a right to say, this is because sin distorted things. And our ancestors have uh, yielded to sin and therefore opened the door to things, uh, starting out with Adam and Eve. But how many know we've been forgiven? Amen. Amen. And things that in individuals open the door to, uh, we can put a stop to. Amen. Amen. And sometimes, like uh, Pastor Jay says, we're just in the cage with the lion. But we have the whip, which is the name of Jesus. So sometimes uh, the enemy will just try to challenge our faith by bringing sickness and disease. And, and what do we do? Sit around and cry about it and say, why does this come on me? No, we get up and use our faith and start speaking what we believe. Now, there's no condemnation to individuals who you've went through difficult times. You may be new to this church. You may be new to this message, but it's all throughout the Bible. And and that's why we're just teaching it to make it simple. Uh, You'd have to tear out three-fourths of the Bible to take out redemption and salvation. (laughs) You really have to tear the whole thing out because I I believe about every word is uh, entered, uh, just just healing is weaved in there. Wholeness, salvation, redemption. And in order to come to, uh, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to receive salvation. But we have to find out what we have in salvation. We have wholeness. We have freedom 
in our mind from oppression. Anxiety comes as a result of us looking at the wrong things, as a result of us fretting about the wrong things. You might say, well, I've been dealing with anxiety all my life, Pastor Debbie. I I don't know what to do about it. Well, I'm glad you came today because that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, First of all, I want you to uh, go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. This has been our keynote scripture in this class. Now, we talk about this quite a bit, but I really want you to listen with ears, uh, just attentive ears today. Uh, The Bible talks about gaining understanding, but when it talks about gaining understanding, it says to, really that word understanding means to consider, to look at, uh, to draw from, to learn, to be a pupil, to be a disciple. So, If we're just sitting there with ears to just, okay, well, lay it on me, and and we're listening, but yet we're thinking about, okay, I burnt the toast this morning, or, or, you know, whatever, what I've got to do later on today, we're going to miss some things. And really, as you sit there, let's read this verse in uh, 420 Proverbs. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And that word health means, you know, healing, wholeness, preservation, and even of mind. Whatever you need, uh, you, you can allow the, the power, the life of God to minister to you in this class, even as you're sitting right there. But you can't just... Uh, be looking around and being distracted. Did you know, really, uh, when we deal with distraction, when we deal with looking at other things in the Word of God, it creates anxiety in our life. That's right. And you may say, well, you don't understand, I just have an anxiety disorder. Someone who has an anxiety disorder has a disorder at looking at the wrong things. Right. <laughs> and uh, you might say, yeah, but that's not nice. That's not, and the doctor told me I had an anxiety disorder. I understand that. I've been told that in the past too, but I had to get over it by looking at the right thing, okay? Um, Panic attacks, sweating, and, you know, all these feelings. Your autonomic system only responds to what you're looking at and what you're thinking upon. Uh, That's what God made it to do. And it is not made to handle uh, continued alarm in your life. You may have things that come into your life that are alarming, but you've got to learn how to answer them with the word of God and therefore get into the peace of God. So you're not in a continual stage of alarm because that will affect not only your spiritual body, but that will affect your physical body. Uh, People that uh, have yielded to just just constant uh, alarm, uh, and I call it anxiety because that's what it is. Yeah. Just always looking around so, and, and fear, which eventually, uh, when you're afraid of something, do you know that if there's a Mack truck coming down the highway and it's coming right at you, you're probably going to have some fear. You understand? So what do you do? You get out of the way. Uh, and you stop thinking about the Mack truck, but your body is still thinking about it. In other words, you're having, your body went through an alarm for a period. How many know that you could think about that Mack truck and what happened to you all day long and be in a constant 
frame of alarm. In other words, you're thinking about it and therefore it's triggering and you're constantly feeling it. But if you would have stopped thinking about it after, you know, just thank you. Thank you, Lord. I was, you know, protected uh, from being hit by that. And your body may have felt it, but eventually the feelings would have went away. Feelings only go away if you stop thinking about something. Feelings will stay if you continue to think about it. Now, I I will say that there are anxiety disorders. There are things, uh, and like I've said, because of how we've been raised, many times chemicals that our parents, depletion of chemicals in in, in the system that our parents have dealt with many times is passed down, and it's a hereditary thing in many times. Children have to be on medications at times, but it doesn't mean they have to stay there. If you learn to raise your child under the word of God, you can change that situation. Maybe younger in life, uh, you didn't know about that. So you yourself uh, had different hormonal disorders and, and panic attacks and, and anxiety. And you were on every kind of medication or maybe just one or two. Uh, but that all was based on how you were raised or chemical imbalances that came from your parents. It can be a number of different things. It can be the environment that you put yourself in and after a period of time you're in a constant state of alarm so that anxiety will begin to pick up and then it will deplete chemicals in your system and that's how you can and then that will be passed on to your children. Do you understand that? Because their genetic disorder will be like yours. So it's not something that God intended for you to have. So if your child was born that way, uh, and then you come to know that you were saved and you were healed and whole and you take that for yourself, you can also take that for your child. In other words, the buck stops here. It's time for us to start looking at God's word rather than uh, the attacks of the enemy. It's time for us to start speaking to that fear. And more than anything else, it's time for us to stop looking at problems that that create fear. Stop looking at the Mack truck and the feelings eventually will go away. Yeah, but you don't understand what I'm feeling. You don't understand the, the oppression that I'm under. It will go away if we stop looking, if we stop meditating, if we stop harboring, if we can stop diapering it, if we stop coddling it. And it gets to be to where it, we're so used to it, we like it. And we may not tell other people because sometimes we don't even tell people that we're dealing with depression. What is depression? It's just oppression of mind. And the feelings come. It's a pressure that is on uh, just overtaking us. But what is that pressure? Well, I want to let you know that that pressure really is demonic forces coming against you that we are simply yielding to because we've been looking at the wrong things. So let's, let's uh, define anxiety for what it is. Looking at the wrong thing and it produces emotional feelings. And your system can't handle it. Therefore, it's going to start affecting you physically. It is affecting you to where uh, emotionally speaking, you will have symptoms of overwhelm. Your body was not made to be in a constant state of alarm. 
your body reacts to things, then, uh, according to the word of God, when, when you are uh, presented with something, if the enemy brings something your way or somebody else brings something or you see something that could be alarming to you, if you can do something about it, do something about it. But God made you to speak the word of God. Amen. He gave you the answer so that you would answer those situations. Amen. And he gave you eyes and a spirit so that you could turn and look at the right thing. Amen. 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 Now, I've dealt with those things over the years, and I've learned to be completely free. It doesn't mean I don't have opportunities to be presented with things. I mean, there are times when I get a phone call or this happens or what happens. Every now and then, the daycare, I mean, uh, somebody uh, in the state spazzing out over something, you know. And, and, and we've got to deal with these things, and we have to answer them. It's not necessarily something we've done. It's just that we live in this world. Right. So we have to comply with things. And, and then you've got a disgruntled parent that's demonically motivated yeah. or what have you. And, some, and sometimes there are things we can do better. But you understand, we just have to, rather than be in fear about it, we've got to answer the matter. You ever, you ever have a, a, somebody that came against you in your life? Like everybody? You ever have a situation? You ever have, a, it, there's always somebody at the office place that's just, demonically possessed <laughs> and they want the Christian <laughs> you know <laughs> what do you do you, you know, uh, well you have to learn to use your faith yeah. yes. and rather than point your f- finger necessarily in their face you just under your breath take authority over that thing yes. and you choose to walk in love and, and you, you're just not going to you don't care And in the spirit, the Lord deals with you to take authority over something you take authority over. Amen. Amen. Well, that was all free. We give attention to the word of God. We incline our ear to his sayings. In other words, you lean toward him and his word. And I would ask individuals, don't just listen to this message just like another message. You're like, I know you've been telling me this forever, but then I'm going to be dealing with this oppression when you're through. Okay, that's what you're purposing in your heart. That's what you're listening to, and that's what you're looking at. But I promise you, P-R-O-M-I-S-E, yeah, promise. I promise you that if you will learn to look at the Word of God... Not just hear it with passive ears, but you learn to look at it and you concentrate it. But I have, you know, ADHD. I just can't. I know it's going to help. Sit there. Tell your little behind it's going to stay there. Tell your mind it's going to listen. If you have take the uh, CDs home, listen to them. Read your Bible, put it in the car, do whatever you have to do, but keep listening. It's not just with a one passive hearing. Understanding is being a pupil of the word. And, and if it, it's not, if it doesn't work the first time, then I know what to do. I got to go have somebody help me through this. No, it's a lifestyle. I mean, I ate this morning, I'm going to eat tomorrow morning and the next morning and the next. Why? Because it's going to continue to fuel my body. Amen. So be encouraged because what you're feeling will change if you're looking at the right thing. And some of you need to notify your face. Well, Pastor Debbie, it's eight, eight in the morning. I know I got to look at you, though. 
Act like you're hearing it. Amen. Well, you're hard. Well, you need to wake up. Smell the coffee. Start smiling. Because how you receive the message now, you, you know, and, and how, if you can't smile at church, what do you think you're going to be able to do at home? Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a put on. Well, it says put on the new man. Make yourself smile. Come on, get in line. I'm going to smile today. Laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Debbie, your body will do it, but mine won't. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> Incline your ear to my saints. You're hard. I'm trying to help you. Trying to bring some joy into your life. I'm trying to bring some freedom. Yeah, but you know, if I was passive with you, you're not going to be able to get over a trial that has been coming against you, a trial that has been taking you out. And that's why God has brought you to this place to be helped. That's why he's brought you. And are you just going to feel freedom overnight? Hallelujah. Probably not. But if you will start smiling, if you will start saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And if you will just start looking, no matter about your attention deficit in the past, it will change. Somebody told me, I just, I can't concentrate on the Bible. I can't read it. Well, listen to CDs. Well, I just, I can't concentrate. You have a problem. It is looking at problems because if you ask them, can you look at the problem? Oh yeah, I can look at the problem. Can't read the Bible. Can't listen to CDs. But I can look at the problem and I can listen to gossip. And understand it just perfectly fine. So don't tell me that you can't concentrate. I might I understand that you might need to grow in your ability, but that comes by the word of God. Oh, by the way, uh, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Praise the Lord. So, Joshua 1:8, let's read that. This book of the law, you can just write this down, Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. What is that observe to do according to all that is written in it? And for then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Well, that's just financially speaking. No, it, it's, it's talking about pushing out and going forward in every area of your life. Prosperity, actually, uh, one of the definitions of prosperity is to be made whole, to be made sound. It's a redemptive word. So to push out and go forward, to have good success. In other words, to profit in everything you do. But let's go back. Observe to do. That you may observe to do. In other words, that you would consider, that you would look at with, uh, uh, with the intention of doing it. Amen. We can't just passively listen to the word. We've got to say, okay, I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to do it. That's, that's what we're purposing in our heart as we're sitting here. I will do it. 
Now, uh, let's go to Romans. Well, let me read this real quick here in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And my question is, what's going on in your home? That could be creating anxiety in your life. If something is contrary to the word of God, on one side, you're endeavoring to follow God's word, but then on the other side, in, in your home or in your car, in your work experience, you're not doing it, and you're trying to do two different things, it's going to create anxiety in your life. You cannot live a divided life. You have to make a choice. Yeah, but my my husband doesn't uh, necessarily believe this way. My children don't believe this way. Well, God will give you wisdom. He will. But as an authority figure in your home, eventually you're going to have to bring these things into your home and you're going to have to speak the peace of God over your home. But it's not just you in your closet. Amen. Eventually you will have to, God will give you the wisdom of God. And after a period, you will start having let people know in your home. Now I'm not talking about children to parents, (laughs) the whole different situation, but I'm not teaching on that today. But, but as one of the authority figures, if the other spouse is not living for God and, and, and not advocating, putting the word of God first in their home, then you will eventually have to take a stand. Amen. Not saying overnight, he will give you the wisdom of God, but you will eventually have to take a stand with your children and with your spouse. Amen. Amen. But, but don't stop going here and think, well, I just can't do that. No, God will give you wisdom. He will give you the wisdom of God. You shall teach your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, speaking of the word of God, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, not just in the closet, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land, which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of heaven on earth. You want heaven on earth in your home, in your workplace. Well, we have to act there like we are in church. And not completely. If you're just sitting there like a, you know, dud in church, well, that's going to happen for you at home too. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's go to Romans 12. Just trying to help you. Don't take it personal. Look at the person next to you and smile and say, she's just trying to help me. (laughs) Romans 12, 1. Now, when I get out with people one-on-one, I'm real nice. I'm real sweet. I don't try to change everybody overnight, but uh, sometimes when we're in a setting like this where I'm addressing everybody at all different levels, sometimes it may come across to one person like, wow, a pretty heavy. But understand that we, we're dealing with people at all different levels, and we're, pe- we're dealing with people that in some respects have very severe situations that are taking place in their life and the only way that you can handle that situation is by being very aggressive with the word of God you cannot be passive and expect not to be overcome by pressure all right so in, in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I beseech you. I, I commend you. In other words, he's saying, just do this. Yeah. 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or your, uh, uh, some translations say, your worshipful service. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't be, trans, don't, don't be fashioned uh, by the things in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transfigured, be changed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect. In other words, that you may prove what is right in your life. Amen. Amen. That you may uh, prove the good things of God. So we need to renew our mind. And in order to renew our mind, uh, we know that just uh, Scripture, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes when we're constantly looking at the word of God. So we were in Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 there, if you want to write that down. But then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And what are we hearing? God's word. If we're hearing God's word, then we will have faith to answer with God's word. If we're hearing the things of this world or the the voices of the devil, then we will only have faith to go along with him. You don't have faith to answer something in the positive if you're listening to the negative all the time. Your faith will be to conform to that negative. If you want to conform to the positive, you got to hear the positive. Right? Because you're going to conform to those things that you're listening to all the time. Amen. So we want to prove the good things of God. Praise the Lord. So let's go on over to Colossians 3. Come on. Correct. Not talking to you. I'm talking to my iPad. I've got it doing so many different things at one time. Sometimes it stresses a little bit. It needs to get the word of God. (laughs) If it wants to keep up with me. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Seek those things which are above. Now, we're seated together in, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means we're in Christ or we have authority in Christ, or we should be using our faith in Christ. But we've got to be hearing who we are in Christ in order to be using our faith. And we've just been learning about the authority of the believers. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind. In other words, uh, I like to uh, look at definitions. Regard, be minded, to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek, to strive for, to seek one's interest or advantage. So set your mind on things above, not on the things on this earth. And what have we been talking about? Those things which control us in the earth uh, that aren't necessarily bad, but if they're pulling us away from God's word, if they're pulling us and distracting us, then it's going to uh, work against us. And really, if we're yielding to those things, it is sin. So anything that's distracting us from looking at God's word or putting God's word first in our lives. Now, I could use a funny illustration here, just like I was able to talk about the cat a little bit, you know, but I still have my mind on the scripture. (laughs) Okay, but I if I uh, just talked about the cat, the whole service, that's not going to do you any good. It's not going to do me any good. All right. We're not here to hear about my silly cat. (laughs) 
but we're here to, to be reinforced in our healing that Jesus already paid the price and he paid the price for our oppression of mind, didn't he? So set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, and you also will appear with him in glory. Now, set your mind. It also means uh, that word mind, uh, some translations say affections. Set your mind and your heart on things, uh, the things of God. On really the things of the word of God. Now we just read Romans 12. You've got to constantly renew your mind. So what happens, the process, the renewing your mind process is this. Listen to the word of God. You listen to it preach. You listen to CDs. You, you go to church and listen to it. You read your Bible. You read godly books. Not, not ones that are full of a bunch of junk. Where you got to constantly decipher what's the word and what's not. Uh, but you're safe and things that we put in the bookstore, but there, there are some things you got to, you know, eat the hay, spit out the sticks, just use wisdom. All right. Uh, but anyway, so, so that's the process and, and you're setting your mind on that. You're, uh, you begin to understand it because you're constantly looking at it. Then light comes to your spirit. Amen. So that it goes into the mind gate and it goes down into your heart. And faith rises in your heart. Do you understand? But faith cannot go down into the spirit man if you're not putting your mind on the right thing. All right? So you've got to put your mind on the right thing. You've got to constantly be looking at. Got to put it on the doorpost of your home. Put it on your hands. That's that's what that word in Deuteronomy talks about. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Because if you're looking at the problem, looking at the problem, looking at the problem, what the devil's doing, what the devil's doing, what the sickness says, what the doctor says, some of that you may have to talk about limitedly, but make sure that you are talking about God's word, looking at God's word, looking at the answer and not the problem as an emphasis first. Make sure you're looking at your peace and your joy because those are indicators of faith. Because if you're going around with a frown on your face, obviously you're not in faith. Yeah, but you don't understand when I have to deal with the devil came in my home and he started telling me things. Look, I have compassion for about five minutes. When you know what the Bible says. When you've been here and you've been learning... And we keep telling you, you can speak to that thing and it will go. The devil cannot break your door down and overcome you. No more than anybody could come in, break your door down if the SWAT team is right behind the door. I mean, you'd be pretty cocky if the SWAT team was back there. Oh, yeah, come on. Make my day. Well, how much more when you've got Christ and all the angels at your disposal, isn't it? And you're afraid of the devil? He's a pipsqueak. He's been defeated. Yeah, but, yeah, but I know. But you're meditating on the devil, the devil, the devil, and God has become about this small. Well, we know God is big, but in your mind's eye, in your thinking, yes. in your perception, yes. and it's gotten down in your heart. Yes. So let's go on here. So set your mind or affection on things 
above. Amen. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Oh my goodness, is our 20? Oh, we've been having fun. Real quickly, Philippians 4. I, I haven't even got to my subject. Well, I mean partially. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So be anxious for nothing. Uh, Some translations say be careful, but it's the same word. And it means take thought, care, be careful, be troubled with cares, to look out for, to seek, to promote one's interest, caring or providing for. So you're looking at something else besides the answer in God's word. Now, real quickly, let's go to Matthew 6. I'll be going quick here just to get this last point. Matthew 6, in this, uh, start with verse 25, we see the word worry four times. It's saying, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. I think he's trying to get a message across. But it's the same word as be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything in Philippians 4, 6. You could read it that way. It's the same word, and it means the very same thing. So don't worry. Now, uh, in the Amplified, actually, I want to just write this down. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. I read this constantly, usually every day. And in the Amplified, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How do you let trouble down inside your heart? Through the mind gate. Through what you're looking at. Stop allowing. You mean I can do something about it? Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So yes, we can do something about it, can't we? Good to be healed. So stop allowing it. Stop looking at the wrong things. And and therefore, uh, trouble gets into our heart. So... We're going to go over real quick to uh, Matthew 7. You'll probably have to listen to this again because I'm going so quick. Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Enter by the narrow. And that word narrow means compressed. Enter by the compressed way. For wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, or it leads to uh, uh, destructive things that the enemy would try to bring against us. In other, and because narrow is the gate and difficult, what does that word difficult mean? Well, crowded, narrow, thronged, tribulation, distress, pressure, compressed way. Yeah, that's me, Pastor Debbie. I have pressure to come against me. I'm, I'm just, and trouble's coming against me, and I understand. But enter by the narrow gate. In other words, you're going to be pressed on every side. But your ability to focus on God and his word throughout that oppression will actually dispel that, those things from your life. And although things may be all around you, you can be happy. Although things can be all around you, your perspective is sunshine. Not rains, not storm. Yeah, but it's raining out today. It's cold and it's snowy. My perspective is bright, shiny, and 80 degrees. 
my perspective, and, and I choose to use the fruit of the Spirit, which is the joy of the Lord inside. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I know some of you hunters like 50 and 60, but it's 80. <laughs> my husband's not here, so we're not asking him. And it's certainly not 10 degrees. I know that. So, uh, real quickly, we're going to go to, I, I want to read this in 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 11. I forget what translation is, but Paul says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affection. People complain about things coming against them, and they even complain about if so-and-so would do better. It's, it's our own restrictions. It's our own affections. It's the things that we're looking at that trip us up, and yet we want to project it on other people that it's because of them. Now, I understand they can help in the situation, but nobody can make you sad. We can choose to be happy in the midst of whoever wants to spaz. And if I have to deal with things in the natural, I will deal with them. But that is not going to affect my outlook on life. That is not going to affect. And if I'm looking at the word of God, that's where my strength comes from. I'm pulling from the joy within other people's. Uh, sadness and oppression and what they want to say about me and what they want to do is not going to affect my day. And my friend, it takes focus. It takes focus not to allow people to affect you. It takes focus when people are, are, uh, you know, everything but blaspheming you. It takes focus and walking in love. And sometimes you have to love long distance. We've talked about all that. Sometimes you have to stand up for what's right and and people don't like it. And I'm just going to smile while they tribulate. All right. First Corinthians 16, nine for a great and effective door has opened me and there are no adversaries at all. No, it says there's many adversaries. They want to come against you. Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, write that down. Hebrews 12, 12 through 15. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down in the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be dislocated, uh, may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people in holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking, looking, looking and looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many be defiled, many be contaminated. Do you know that there are contaminants that can affect the life of God from working in our life? And just real quickly, go to Matthew 13. I'm going over a little bit, but I'll bear the brunt of it. Matthew 13, and we're talking about... Uh, the parable of the sower here, and there are four types of ground. We're going to talk about one type of ground because we don't have time to talk about the others. And in verse 22, so Matthew 13, 22, Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns, in other words, things that choked out his ability to receive. Notice the person heard the word. 
Yeah, I know, Pastor, I've been sitting here, I've been hearing the word, but have you really been hearing it? Have you been considering it? Have you been taking it home with you and looking at it? Or is it just a passive look? Have you, have you been putting it in front of you? Have you been listening to Pastor Nye's CDs? Have you been just constantly putting it on to where it may be the 20th time you heard, there's my answer. Have we been doing that? Because if we're not, the enemy will come to choke it out. The word choke means a throng. See, we've got that pressure on every... It means to press round or throng one so as almost to suffocate him. You ever feel that way? To suffocate it. What are we looking at? If we're looking at the word of God, then the life of God will bring the oxygen that we need. Now, real quickly, the Lord gave me an illustration about... Now, anxiety... The, the world's definition just is distress or uneasiness of mind caused by fear of danger or misfortune. All right. Uh, anxiety attack or panic attack means an intense attack of anxiety characterized by feelings of impending doom and trembling, sweating, pounding heart, physical symptoms uh, that come. So, uh, but the word of God says, don't yield to these things. Another word for anxiety is yielding to distraction. And I didn't bring that in, out in the Greek in the Greek, but it's being distracted. Well, if you're looking at one thing and not another, you're being distracted. Or if you're endeavoring to look at God's word and the enemy keeps bringing all these things or the things of the world, they're distracting you. And it's like thorns that will get in there and they will begin to choke the life of God's work word. And therefore it's not able to minister health and healing, the health and healing that's already yours, but you've got to access the life of God that's inside of you. Amen. 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 So, uh, God gave me an illustration. Uh, It's like a physical, it's like a person who has a stroke. Do you know what a stroke is? A stroke is a condition in which the brain cells suddenly die because lack of oxygen. This can be caused by an obstruction in the blood flow or the rupture of an artery that feeds the brain. The patient may suddenly lose the ability to speak. There may be memory problems or one side of the body can become paralyzed. Now, it also says this, most stroke patients have undiagnosed attention disorders. A study carried out by a team of Imperial College London found that many stroke patients have undiagnosed attention problems. Examples include difficulties filtering out distraction, reduction in alertness, and problems following instructions. Well, how do you do? They're just finding out what the word of God has said all along, that if you look, if you follow the instruction of the word of God, if you are alert, if you consider it, if you put it in front of you, if you incline toward it, it will work life in you. But if you don't, then the very life will be choked out by the very distractions that law is looking at. In other words, it's not about what other people are looking at for you. It's what you are looking at, which causes anxiety and those distractions will bring death to our lives. It doesn't help the feeling any right now. But if you will start looking at God's word, if you will start stirring yourselves up and getting happy, even in the midst of don't feel, I don't feel happy. And if you will start putting these things in your home. 
and turning off the things that are uh, not bringing the life of God into wow. your home. Amen. Otherwise, it will be like a person that's having a stroke and eventually the different uh, areas, they eventually they're not able to use their arm. They're not able to use their, their hand. Why? Because oxygen is not getting yeah. to their brain and the cells are dying in their wow. brain. Right. Now, it's, it's amazing. You can actually rebuild the cells in the brain. They can be restored. And you can reteach yourself. But I wouldn't go that far. Don't cut yourself off from the supply of God's word. Don't cut yourself off from the supply of the men and women of God that he's put in life to bring the word of God to you. And therefore, have a spiritual stroke. Well, that's the word of God today. (laughs) If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355 Cedar Rapids, Iowa 52408 And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.